This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Total Lawn. Total Lawn provides scientifically engineered lawn care products to homeowners, hobbyists and lawn care professionals. Their range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your lawn looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Lawn products for my customers and on my own lawn, and I think you should too. The team at Total Lawn put quality above anything else when they're producing their lawn feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely, if ever, used by their competitors to give you the best lawn possible. Try Total Lawn today at totallawn.co.uk and use code Care at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Lawn are so confident in their products that you can use them on your lawn and if you're not happy with the results, you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totallawn.co.uk and transform your lawn. Good morning everyone, how are you doing? Welcome back to another J-Rocks Lawn Care and Gardening Podcast. Here we are on episode 50 named Challenge 2025. Now what this is, is I've got the report in front of me. So this is the report that Ego made all to do with sort of challenge 2025 where they put products to the test they ran surveys and they basically weighed up all the data between sort of battery and fuel like how bad the fuel is doing and in comparison to you know to put it on a, a perspective and a scale where we can kind of understand it from a few other uh, points of view so everyone can get their head around it so you know I thought about how I was going to play this. Episode 50, I wanted it to be something a little bit different. And really, I didn't know how I was going to go about it. So up to this point now, I just want to thank everyone that's listened along the way. So, you know, joined in, talked to me, uh, you know, reached out, sent messages, asked questions, collaborated. You know, all of this sort of stuff is f- absolutely fantastic. And for it to happen week in, week out and get the feedback of, you know, there's people getting in touch saying, I only just found it last week. You know, I'm on episode nine already, whatever it might be, and um, and they find it really helpful. So that's to do with you guys and girls listening right now, sort of believing and trusting in the podcast, and you know, helping it move forward, jumping in on them interviews, making it worth the listen, and that that is down to you guys and girls. So thank you very much for that. But back to this, because I want it to be something a bit different. I wanted to pick a direction and because I do always speak about battery and, and trust me, I am an advocate for bat- like battery powered. You know, I do want to I do want to push this as many as may know I'm a, and I'm a bass of our challenge 2025. So with this, I does it doesn't mean I don't use fuel. It doesn't mean I don't touch it at all, you know. It's about using it as little as little as required. You know, if it can be substituted with something for that job, then substitute it simple as that and that's kind of where that's standing with me all way and that's kind of what the message is but at the same time you know you've got to get the work done you've got to be able to do it to a good standard and you've got to be able to be efficient while you're doing it and if battery equivalents or whatever else don't fit that criteria for that job then you know you've got to put your job first and I completely and utterly understand that and it's something that you should do but if it can be replaced, you know, if you can use something lighter, cleaner, better for your health, better for the environment, 
you know, and do it. So this is just a, they basically released this report <clears throat> and it's got everything, statistics, and I'm not going to probably read the whole thing because it's 16 pages and um, like double pages as well. So with a lot of different uh, key statistics in there, a lot of quotes. So but what I want to do is I want to make my way through it. And my, my idea here is the bulk that I want to speak through. So bear with me with it. Um, I'm just going to kind of go with the flow with it. And if I see something that's relevant to speak about, I want to do that at the same time. And it's going to be kind of like an audible sort of experience, minus the the high-paid <laughs> talker or, you know, whoever's actually narrating it, that's it. Narrator for it, you're going to have just myself. So apologies on uh, that behalf of uh, Ego and Challenge 2025, you've ended up with me reading it. But what I want to get across is, you know, sometimes it's hard to try and push out for a document like this, sit down and actually spend your own time reading this so i want to try and read this to you and uh just get some of the key statistics over and the key facts and if you kind of like what you hear then uh and you're actually interested to hear the full document then you can always get in touch with me i'm sure you can find it online anyway just by searching ego the report but um if not then you're more than welcome to get in touch with us i've got the document on my phone i can just ping ping you the file no problems at all so here we go. So what we're reading today is the report. It's attitude and usage of battery versus peril. A compilation of analysis and data. So case statistics. And there's a lot here, so I'm just going to read some of them. 50% of peril required to run a car is needed to run a leaf blower. 11 times more CO emitted by petrol leaf blowers compared to a Ford Fiesta. That's mental. 48% of respondents are concerned about air pollution where they live. Places like, you know, in these big cities, London, you know, probably Manchester, or any main city, you're absolutely covered by it. Four times more number X emitted by a petrol brush cutter than Ford Fiesta. 60% think air pollution could be reduced if everyone switched to electric garden power tools. 74% admit that they believe battery offers better value for money and easier usage than petrol. So we're going to get to why this is all um, relevant very soon. 89% of console tools are powered by petrol. What's crazy when you think of all the consoles, every county, you know, the size of the consoles, the amount of equipment they use and how long they use it for, it probably far outweighs those you know, our side of the industry. And by I say our side, I mean like the sole trader side and the limited side. So you really got to think like, you know, when where does this start? Where does this, who makes that decision and goes, right, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to use, you know, and fires all that out. So here we go, starting the actual report here. At Ego, we have seen the future and it is cleaner, quieter and safer. We believe that it makes no sense for tools and equipment that are designed to improve our environment to be at the same time producing noxious emissions and noise polluting that damage that very environment that they are trying to enhance. The time has come to take up the challenge and insist on change. Why should you, your children, your family, your friends and co-workers and those in your community needlessly breathe in emissions or guard their yards from petrol powered outdoor power equipment when there are battery-powered alternatives that minimise unnecessary pollutions and noise as well as avoidable dangers. 
there's a baffle, baffling irony in the fact that the majority of tools are created to, beautif- to beautify our gardens and public spaces are actually contributing to the destruction of our environment. Air pollution, noise pollution and sustainability are all clearly a huge issue in today's society. Ego was founded with one simple vision of the use of using advanced technology to develop an innovative battery tool system. Eliminating the harmful direct emissions, noise pollution and health issues associated with petrol powered equipment whilst maintaining the performance users expect and need in recent years, we've seen the automotive industry evolve. Introduce battery powered vehicles to the mass market and make preparations to move away from petrol. In turn, consumer attitudes have changed and uptake of electricity vehicles is quickly on the rise. Our mission is to kickstart this revolution in the world of garden tools. While battery use is on the rise in the area, there is much more work to be done. Ego was founded with the simple vision of using advanced technology to develop an innovative battery tool system, eliminating the harmful direct emissions, noise pollution and health issues associated with petrol-powered equipment whilst maintaining the perfect users expect and need. Challenge 2025. Challenge 2025 is our call to arms to educate and empower both domestic and professional outdoor power equipment. Users to see the only logical choice where purchasing new garden equipment, and that is battery power. Leaving petrol where it belongs, in the past. Our vision is that by the end of 2025, Battery technology becomes a principal power source for cordless outdoor power equipment for domestic and professional users alike, leading to significant reductions in emissions and noise, while increasing safety and user comfort. The battery technology already exists today, so there is no excuse. This report looks at people involved in the Gordon Power Tool category across domestic consumers, trade users and local authorities, and reflects an quantitative data to understand the current state of the sector and the resistance to a battery-powered future and a world that is going to be a much, much better place to live. We want to empower people to make the right decision when it comes to their outdoor power equipment, retiring the petrol tools from zero-emission alternatives. We are committed to a program of new product development so there will always be a battery-powered alternative available to choose because we know that only by empowering change across all groups of users will be able to cement it in. We'll achieve this by empowering outdoor equipment users move away from petrol solutions to more sustainable alternatives like those manufactured by Ego. So that is the Challenge 2025. That's like the statement of Challenge 25. How they are, the reason why they're doing this, the reason that lies with the company of where they're trying to push their direction. So the one thing to pick up on this is that that's where they want to be. You know, they are aiming to make every tool accessible, whatever we're using, so that we can be on this lower towards zero emission, you know, route. And for that, it's got to be applauded in my in my opinion. Now there's an overview here, but we're going to miss on that page and go into the summary of it. We're on a mission to make our towns, cities, communities cleaner, quieter, safer by reducing the emissions generated by outdoor power equipment. That's why we've undertaken our biggest research project to date, surveying 1,255 people 
gathering insight from industry experts and even putting the most popular petrol power tools to the test. At this point, we can consider the future, a future powered by battery technology, a cleaner, quieter, safer future for us all. Through the process, we've made some startling discoveries and the report brings these findings together to demonstrate the true impact of petrol powered garden equipment on our health, our communities and our environment. From our survey, which included a mixture of home gardeners and professional users, we've been able to determine the usage of petrol powered tools compared to more environmentally friendly options. Begin to understand the impact of our planet to gorge attitudes towards climate change. But we've not left it there. We recognise that local authorities make up a significant proportion of outdoor power tools in their quest to maintain public places, parks and even school playing fields. So, we submitted hundreds of freedom of information requests to find out how many tools are being used and what type of tools they are. We explore the responses throughout the report, but it's clear that a lot of work is still left to be done when it comes to reducing the env environmental impact. To demonstrate the impact of this level of usage, we have taken the most widely used professional petrol-powered tools and submitted them to the same rigorous tests of road-going vehicles. By doing this, we can understand the true environmental impact of using environmentally harmful equipment to maintain our outside spaces. It's at this point, with a full knowledge of how petrol-powered tools can damage our environment, that we can consider the future. A future powered by battery technology, a cleaner, quieter, safe our future for us all. If there's one trend which is cut across all others in recent decades, it's sustainability. 73% of people are reducing their environmental impact. Never before has our personal environmental impact been so prevalent, not just in our beliefs, but in our actions and daily routines. From recycling and eating less meat through to reducing our reliance on petrol and diesel powered cars and making our homes more energy efficient. There are several ways people are making a difference. In fact, our research indicates that pollution in an area of concern of most people, with 73% of those we surveyed often taking steps to reduce their impact on the environment. We believe that the drivers behind these attitudes towards a greener and more sustainable future are threefold. Firstly, we are concerned for the health and well-being of ourselves, those around us, and for future generations. Secondly, new technologies are paving the way forward, making a change of habit easier. And thirdly, we are all, to some degree, influenced by those around us, something which encourages us to think beyond our own impact. Health. The impact of climate change on our environment is broadly understood. More extreme weather conditions, fluctuating agricultural yields, declining water supplies, the list goes on and on. But what about the impact on ourselves? Our personal health is directly impacted by our environment, with the air around us being one of the most influential factors. The World Health Organization suggests that air pollution is the responsible for millions of premature deaths each year, alongside a host of respiratory conditions, infectious and diseases, caused primarily by human activity, there are a number of areas we can target to make our own positive contribution to the reduction of air pollution. Of these human activities, power generation and combustion engines are the greatest contribution towards air pollution. While cars, the biggest emissions creators, are evolving to become electric, there are other sources having impacts on our health. Garden tools are one such area. 
petrol engines power everything from lawnmowers to hedge trimmers through to leaf blowers and chainsaws. The danger to our health here is perhaps more prevalent as there are handheld tools, toxic emissions are generated in our immediate environment. In addition, the vibrations and noise of petrol power can have other health effects. Hearing and breathing problems, tingling sensations, even loss of grip were all recognised by many survey respondents, with 66% of professionals having experienced injuries or health issues associated with the use of petrol power tools. So, as well as polluting the outside spaces they're designed to maintain, petrol tools can cause further health problems. And it's not just gardeners where these tools are found, it's schools and parks and public places posing a risk to health of youngsters too. The new technologies. The dangers of petrol powered engines are nothing new, but the far reaching impacts might be. While the automotive industry has been subject to emission standards for several decades, encouraging innovative petrol engines, other areas, including gardening, haven't been in receipt of the same level of scrutiny. As a result, only minor changes have been made to improve the environmental performance of small petrol engines used in such things like chainsaws and lawnmowers. So while the emission standards of the automotive industry have led to better performance and more recently a dramatic rise in production of electric vehicles, the same now needs to happen in other areas, including garden tools. This will equip people with greater choice to make environmentally conscious decisions and reduce their impact on the environment. The challenge here is perception. Our research shows that people understand that battery power is quiet, safe, low maintenance and environmentally friendly, with more than 80% of people agreeing. However, fewer than 40% perceive battery tools to offer power, good performance and durability when we compare to petrol. In recent years though, technology has rapidly caught up to offer viable alternatives to petrol power. Now a range of tools is available which match the performance of their petrol counterparts. In practice, that means the same results can be achieved, but more cleanly, quietly and safely. As we move through the report, we'll digest how other users, including those in the trade sector, are changing the tools used to maintain outdoor spaces of all sizes. Influence. But on the grand scale of things, do these changes genuinely make a difference? More than a quarter of respondents to our survey believe that their personal behaviour has a very little, if any, impact on air quality. But when we all consider in a scenario in which everybody is using petrol powered gardening tools, this perception is that the cumulative use do have a small impact on the environment, with more than 60% agreeing that pollution can be reduced if everyone switched to electric garden power tools. We believe that igniting the collective efforts start on our own individual actions. By making small changes in our own routines, we could require in a small difference and we might just influence those around us to take a similar approach in order to protect our health, our environment, so that together we can have an even greater impact. 60% think pollution could be reduced if everyone switched to electric garden power and tools. Now you might sit there, just to come out with this for a second, and think, well that's obvious, right? Or you might think, not at all, it would literally take everyone. But this is the problem here, is that we all think that we are like, personally not enough. In, in a lot of things that we know, do, not just in this case, we think that us as you know, human beings, where we are, doing what we want to do and making the decisions, striving forward, oh, it won't make that much of a difference. It won't do this, it won't do that. Look at the reality. 
genuinely look at what you're doing what you're doing now and the choices you make and change is completely changing our future i mean listen here albert einstein just to quote him said imagination is everything it's a preview of life's coming attractions right what that basically means is what you perceive in your head what you think to change what you think to do what you think you're gonna come to in the future is a preview of what's to come because that's where it starts it starts with the idea it starts with a thought in your head of this is how what i'm going to do this is how i'm going to do it this is how i'm going to move forward i want the loan to look oh you know what see the neighbor's loan over there and it just oh it looks fantastic like i want to do that that's it to pre- that's how that started you've planted that seed as people would say and you want to change it oh you know what tom next door oh he's you know what i mean every time he gets his garden around every monday morning it's roaring you know i'm trying to work from home that's the seed oh, i wish it was just quieter you know you might be in the same industry oh so that's what it's like that's what it's like sitting indoors and having a a petrol brush cutter up against the win- uh, window or underneath the window outside where I'm trying to work. That's how noisy it is. I need to make that change. You know, and it, it all starts there. So if we all do it, and it starts with each and every one of us, that's how the change is made. So we aim to, ex- we aim to explore the top attributes professional users looked for when selecting garden tools and found some surprising results. In order for the most professional users largely look for ease of use and reliability, right? That both sits around 33%. Value for money sits around 36%. Power and good performance sits at around 43 to 44%. Now, I just want to quickly jump in here. That just shows, you know, ease of use is one thing, but the power and good performance in this kind of what I was saying is at the top end of it. You know, you want to be able to use something that you can get through the job and, you know, it can keep up with the standard that you expect from it. And I'm telling you, if you're not using any battery power tools at all, talk to people. Use one. Because I, I guarantee you'll find one that, you know, suits you. And you'll see that the power's there. These attributes come as no surprise considering the need for the tool to perform over prolonged periods and tackle large jobs head on. It was a lack of some of the other characteristics that were surprising, however, with only a third looking for traits such as low emissions, environmental friendliness and ease of transportation. They said trade users were still over twice as likely to seek tools with a positive impact on the environment than their home user counterparts. Balancing protection and power. While only a quarter of trade respondents were actively looking for cordless tools, almost three quarters of trade users find battery powered tools appealing. They said the positive news is that most professional users recognize that battery power tools leads the way in terms of green credentials. Associating battery with lower direct emissions, safety and ease of use, but when married up with the attributes that look that groups look for in new equipment, it seems being environmentally friendly isn't high on the agenda. While they understand that petrol falls far short of what's required to keep the planet themselves and their workplaces safe, there are still concerns that battery-powered tools are less durable, less powerful, and less able to perform well. In years gone by, this may have been the case. Even though the harmful effects of petrol-powered tools are understood, the need to get jobs done quickly and efficiently have in the past always outweighed the negatives. Attitudes need to change. 
the increase in the quality of battery cells paired with a greater understanding of heat management and power management and control systems now mean that batteries can deliver the same level of performance as petrol. 62% of trade users would stop using petrol tools if a suitable alternative was available at the same price. Ask yourself that quickly, right? If you could replace every tool you had that was a suitable replacement at the same price, would you do it? Health. We know that petrol power has negative health effects, but what health problems are experienced by petrol users? And to what extent do the trade community suffer petrol-related injuries or illnesses? Just 37% of the sample recorded reported to known conditions after use of petrol-powered machine, a staggering percentage. If almost two-thirds of trade users are suffering or have suffered from petrol-related ailments, then it comes to us no surprise that 82% said that they would consider a battery-powered tool for their next purchase. Vibrations-related injuries were the most common with almost a quarter, 23% reporting loss of grip strength and 22% having suffered from tingling or loss of sensation in their fingers. A lesser yet hugely significant number of respondents reported attacks of whitening of one or more fingers or pain and cold sensations between periodic white finger attacks. Health problems were also very common with over one-fifth of respondents reporting that noise from the petrol engine is issued with their hearing, caused issues with their hearing, sorry. In Ego's white paper back in 2018, it was discovered that petrol chainsaws operated on average at 20 decibels higher than battery-powered models, and petrol models around 12 decibels higher than battery. Because decibels work on a logarithmic scale, for every 10 decibel increase, the sound is 10 times louder. Other injuries and illnesses were identified, and that research included breathing problems in bone cysts in fingers and wrists. Environmental impact. We wanted to assess the trade perception of their impact on the environment while using petrol tools. We asked trade users to consider the combined impact of emissions from petrol tool has on air quality in the UK, rating the impact using a scale of 1 to 10 where 1 is no impact at all, and 10 is significant impact. The mean score among the trade was 6.7, with most trade users recognising that the emissions have a reasonable impact on the environment. Surprisingly, 16% rated the impact under 5, showing that there is a clear misunderstanding among the some professionals about how impact of petrol tools on the environment. However, Professional users are concerned about air pollution where they live and worry about their health is being impacted by poor air quality. This suggests that while air pollution is a recognised issue in general, there is some disparity in recognising the rural power, petrol-powered product garden tools playing contribution in poor air quality that concerns professional users. Right. To be, I think... To kind of rate this below five, you know, how much you think like a head trim or whatnot might impact the environment. I think that's a bit naive. I think if you are thinking that, then you really need to like look into the numbers somewhat. Because if <laughs> all it takes is for you to start up the engine, see how much smoke that blows out and then tell me it doesn't have an effect. You know what I mean? If anyone ever, for example, the ride on mower that I've got. That stays in the back of the van, not on a trailer. When you start that up in the back of the van, obviously all the doors are open. But Jesus, like the 
the instant smell of the fumes and stuff, it's enough to knock you back. Like it's, you know, it's impossible to say that there's no effect there. If you are saying that, then you really need to look into this a bit more. Ask me for this report. I'll send it over. When it comes to reducing climate change and its impact on our environment and our health, where does the responsibility lie? 48% of respondents are concerned about air pollution where they live. We know that of those we surveyed, 48% of people are concerned about air pollution in the areas where they live. That probably comes as no surprise. After all, we are all aware that health impacts brought about by poor air quality. The good news is that there's now more momentum drive change in this area than ever before. So we can all enjoy a cleaner and healthier environment. The role of government. With air pollution amongst the most prevalent threats to public health, alongside conditions like obesity, heart disease and cancer, policymakers have moved this issue to the top of the agenda in recent years. Comprehensive policies to reduce emissions, initiatives which aim to cut emissions in local areas and sector-specific strategies to create a more sustainable future. When combined, these efforts have the potential to create positive change. Clean air or low emissions zones have become a popular approach to tackling climate change across Europe, with major cities in Germany, France, Italy and the United Kingdom, amongst many others, having introduced them. Similarly, no idling zones have also been introduced, further slashing emissions generated by vehicles. With this strategy, schools have been part of the focus, with drivers encouraged to turn off their engines when waiting at school gates or in nearby roads. In the UK, the government has accelerated its 2040 zero emissions target for cars by five years, banning the sale of new petrol, diesel and hybrid cars by 2035. All of this is in line with the EU's objective to achieve levels of air quality that do not result in unacceptable impacts of human health and environment. Across Europe, we have also seen the widespread take of green public procurement, also known as green purchasing. This is a voluntary approach by public authorities who, as major consumers, have a vital role to play in creating greener and more efficient economies. By including environmental criteria in the procurement requirement of goods and services used by the public sector, manufacturers and suppliers throughout the supply chain are encouraged to make more environmentally conscious decisions. In turn, this, prov- this moves individual authorities closer to the circular economy, whereby that there is less waste and greater focus on maximising the potential of resources through reduced consumption. So governments are playing their part and encouraging some of the bigger contributors to poor air quality to change their ways. But ultimately, we as individuals have a part to play too. Playing our part individually. More than a third of pyro-powered user tool users have a significant impact on the environment. Playing our part individually. Look away from the overreaching initiatives from our policymakers, and it's clear to see what we can each play our own part in creating healthier environments. When we asked our survey respondents if everyone should help to reduce pollution, an overwhelming majority of 84% agreed, and 73% said that they were already taking steps to reduce their personal impact. This could be something as simple as recycling and or having a meat-free day each week, to bigger commitments like taking public transport to work or buying an electric vehicle. Moving away from petrol-powered, is among the most effective ways to reduce the volume of toxic emissions our daily activities produce.
While cars are undoubtedly the greatest contributor here, there's another aspect of our lives where petrol power has been relied on for decades. Gardening. Despite their petrol-powered motors, gardening equipment is often overlooked when it comes to taking steps to reduce emissions. And, while cars have been targeted with clean air and no island zones, petrol-powered gardening equipment has been largely overlooked in the same areas. For example, the Environmental Action Germany undertook extensive testing of 21 handheld engines, including motor saws and brush cutters, from European suppliers, their research reveals that nine failed to comply with EU limit values for HC plus NOx, hydrocarbons and carbon monoxide, while three also exceeded the limit value for COx. Peril power tools are also still very much at home in garden sheds, with 38% of respondents owning peril power tools and 37% believing that their personal usage makes little difference to emissions. When asked about the collective usage of tools, however, 37% also agreed that usage of petrol power had a significant impact on the environment. 84% agree that everybody should help to reduce pollution. Better results together. The evidence, however, is clear. Our individual efforts, no matter how big or small, our usage do make a genuine difference contributing to reduced air pollution and healthier environments for ourselves and those around us. By acting together, collectively, we can make even greater impact, but it all begins with us. Government policies and initiatives are moulding the approach of organisations, particularly to the automotive industry. In turn, these changes are making it that possible for the individuals to make environmentally minded decisions and inspiring everybody to consider the impacts of their actions. So, when we put out the recycling box to take them to work or to choose battery over petrol, our individual actions are contributing to something much greater because we're all taking steps, creating a brighter future. To understand the potential impact of garden tools on the environment, we first needed to create a clear picture of the existing landscape. We put our questions to more than 1,000 home gardeners the majority of 67% aged between 35 and 64 to determine which tools they owned and relied on to maintain their gardens and outside spaces. The staple tool in the sheds of home gardeners in the lawn, is the lawnmower, with 88% of those surveyed owning one. When considering garden tools, we know that home gardeners generally choose between three options, corded, battery and petrol. Helping to keep gardens look well-maintained, hedge trimmers and line trimmers are owned by more than half of the survey's respondents, 62% and 58% respectively. Unsurprisingly, lawnmowers are the most broadly owned garden power tool, with 88% of those surveyed owning one. While these tools are commonplace in garden sheds, we begin to see some stark differences when we consider how these tools are powered. Handheld tools, like hedge trimmers, are for the majority of users powered by battery or corded electricity with 50% of hedge trimmers being battery power as 85% of people believe battery power tools are safer to use. This positive trend shows the signs of slowing and the results speak for themselves. When asked to compare battery tools against petrol alternatives, 82% believe that they are easier to use than petrol powered 
and 85% think they are safer. Alongside this, 93% of home gardeners see battery power as an environmentally friendly option, which to me is just obvious, by the way. However, when we look to perception around performance, we uncover a somewhat different story. Here, just 37% of people believe battery power delivers good performance. For other tasks such as mowing the lawn, which generally require more time and different levels of performance, this perception has significantly slowed the uptake of battery power. Even when battery power is seen to be safer, easier to use and better for the environment, this could be part because users don't seem to be able to get past the perception of power. To gauge attitudes towards types of gardening tools, it was important for us to investigate the current landscape of tool usage and among trade professionals. Almost 70% of trade respondents had over five years experience within the gardening and landscaping industries. With regards to tool ownership, we look to find which tools are owned by 250 strong sample of professional trade users. Next, we aim to explore the ownership of petrol tools versus battery power tools cordless models. 63% of trade users still own a petrol mower. Interestingly, exactly 63% of the same sample report having experienced health issues relating to petrol power tools. Lawnmowers are unsurprisingly the most widely owned tool across the sample, with 56% of trade owning one. However, this figure is somewhat surprisingly considering. 80% of our demographic considered of gardeners and landscape gardeners. The second most popular tool was chainsaw, which were owned by half of the trade respondents and making them twice as likely to own a chainsaw than their home user counterpart. Line trimmers or brush cutters were next. 47% of users claiming to own one, followed by hedge trimmers at 45%, blowers at 41%, and lastly a multi-tool at 31% of professionally owning one. Of the trade respondents who owned a particular tool, it's interested to know battery tool versus power tool. So blowers, what I'll do for this, there's a little graph. In a lot of these pages, there's a graph within this document that it shows you a visual of, of how it all looks. So what I'm just going to name here is the the battery and then the power with every, with it, uh, every case of the tool that I'm talking about. So blowers, 32% to 20%. So that's the battery owning 32% and the blowers being a petrol at 20%. So I'll carry on like that. A multi-tool, 23% to 19%. Hedge trimmer, 32% to 29%. Line trimmers and brush cutters, 38% to 36%. Chainsaw, 29% to 43%. Moors, 27% to 63%. So all of them, the figures there through across everyone that they uh, got the information from, batteries getting used more than petrol, but the chainsaw, well, I'll just read the figures again, 43% are using petrol and 29% are using battery on the chainsaw. And on the mowers, there's 27% using the battery and 63% using the fuel. Overall, trade users are much more likely to own battery power tools than home users. With just under half, 49% owning petrol power tools compared to 69% of home users. This may be explained by a relationship between a significant increase in hourly usage and awareness among the trade of the environment, cost, health and safety disadvantages associated with the petrol tool usage, the health risk associated to prolonged exposure of fumes created by petrol tools 
are well documented with regular exposure and leading to a range of acute and long-term ad adverse health effects and diseases, including cancer and alpastic anemia. The amount of fuel used by each trade user annually would enable someone to do two round trips from London to Edinburgh with enough fuel left over to cross the channel and drive into central Paris. In terms of the amount of fuel used by commercial users, we asked respondents to calculate their annual consumption across all of their power, power tools they own. So 240 litres, 60, yeah, that's a high chart. Again, you'd have to see the document to understand that chart. Prolonged use has been shown to increase the risk of hand-arm vibration. By law, an employer must assess to identify the measures to eliminate or reduce the risk of exposure to hand-on vibrations so that employees can be protected from risk to their health. Powerful directives are in place to minimise the risk of HAV, not least the European Physical Agents Vibration Detectives, 2002-44AC, which sets a daily action limit of 2.5M forward slash S2 and an exposure limit value of 5M forward slash S2. Although figures vary by manufacturer, in general, battery-powered outdoor power equipment vibrates at a significantly lower level than peril-powered equivalents. It may, therefore, be plausible to suggest that the understanding of the health and safety downfalls of peril over a prolonged period could explain why use trade users are 20% more likely to own battery-powered equipment than home users. The results were surprising. Over one-third of respondents, 38%, confessed to using over 240 litres of petrol every year, while 28% use 121 and 240 litres per year, between 121 and 240. One in eight respondents, 13%, use 61 and 120 litres annually, while less than a quarter, what's 23%, claim to use less than 60 litres per year or less. The average annual consumption of petrol for trade is 177 litres. Put in a perspective, the RAC Foundation claims the UK's average new petrol car fuel consumption in 2016 was 50.5 miles per gallon, with a gallon equalising 4.5 litres. With these statistics in mind, if we filled up a car with the same amount of petrol used by a typical trade user in a year, it would be possible to drive just under 2,000 miles in a car. This amount of fuel would enable someone to do two round trips from London to Edinburgh while enough fuel to left over to cross the channel and drive into central Paris. Right. What I'm going to do is there's a good few pages left there. So I'm just going to I'm going to read the the research methodology methodology, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to read that last page, but there's a few more documents that if you want to hear the full report, you can get in touch with me and I can send it over to you. What this is highlighting to me, what I'll talk about more in a minute, is just being unsure. You know, like, if you've ever used a fuel strimmer that's slightly dodgy for any period of time, and I spoke about this the other week, you know, it does not take long for you to feel it in your fingers and your hands, and you feel that stiffness and that, that ache. You know, there's, there's a vibration counter, and I forgot what it actually is now, but it's something silly like... Five minutes, depending on what you're using, I think like with a uh, with a breaker, it's something like five minutes of use and you're going to be off the tool for like 10, 15 minutes, you know, for your white finger uh, calculator. It's something crazy like that. And it just shows there's real harms to it. And if it can be 
massively um, reduced, then like, why aren't we doing it? You know, let's be honest. Right, I'll read this last uh, last page of research methodology. Methodology. Emissions and fuel economy test results. Each tool was run at a maximum speed until stable exhaust temperature and emissions were achieved. The emissions were then measured over a period of 100 seconds. This was done at maximum load on tool 1 and maximum speed on tool 2 and 3. As it was not possible to simulate loading on the latter, it was not possible to measure the tools at idle speeds as the exhaust flow was too low. The PEMS so particulate analyzer is not suitable for this testing due to such high results. The actual measured value has been reported, but this is not reliable due to the exceeding the maximum range of the analyzer. A second figure has been reported as the maximum possible particulate value that could have been measured accurately at the exhaust flow rate of each tool. The PEMS hydrocarbon analyzer is also not suitable for this testing due to such high results. Here the maximum possible value that could have been measured accurately at the given exhaust flow rate has been reported. This figure has also been used to cal calculate the fuel consumption using the carbon balance method. Quantitative survey of garden power tool users. A quantitative approach was considered to be the most effective research method for this. A survey was, was developed in collaboration with Vision One and responders were collected using independent online panel providers. Two sample groups were targeted as, as part of the research, home users and trade professionals. All respondents were screened on a number of criteria to ensure their sustainability. All must own at least one type of garden power tool listed. Trade respondents were screened based on their occupation to ensure the sample was relevant. A total of 1,255 survey respondents were collected, 250 trade respondents and 1,005 home users. The data presented from this survey has not been weighed. Weird. Freedom of information. Requests were made under the Open Government Request for Information under the Freedom of Information Act 2000 to all 408 principal councils across the UK, which include 26 county councils, 192 district councils, and 190 unitary councils. We received response from 262 of these authorities. In some cases, it was not possible for, any, for an authority to provide the information requested. About Vision One. Vision One is a full-service research agency providing a wide array of marketing insight and consultancy services from start to finish. Its expertise to res research res uh, services fall into the three key areas, brand development and tracking, innovative and new product development, communications development and testing, and international research. In 2018, Vision One became one of the small numbers of research agencies who are ISO, the specialist basically in marking research accreditation standard. This service was carried out in compliance with this standard. About Millbrook. Millbrook provides vehicle tests and validation services and systems to customers in automotive, transport, tyre, petrochemical and defence industries. It is independent and impartial in everything it does. It has a range of test facilities and for full vehicles, tyres and components located in the UK, the USA and Northern Finland. Right. So that is just the sort of the the finishing touch on it. So that last page, the reason why I wanted to read that to you was because it was showing you the accreditation of like all of their tests and like Millbrook who they used. So if you never quite picked up on it, the paragraphs prior 
um, you know, obviously this is built through the report, but the the paragraphs just prior to that were saying that the the results were like inconclusive, like they they were going that high they physically couldn't test them. So this is like basically imagine a machine that tests normal cars on the road that you see going up and down every day, right? This tests them for how bad the emissions are, and it has a limit because you know a car would never reach that limit. They plugged in these fuel variants of hedge trimmers, trimmers, whatever, and it went way past that. So much so, it couldn't comprehend basically the result that it, it they couldn't trust the result it was given because it was just so goddamn high. Now, this has just been a slightly different podcast, and I know it's been me reading, and I haven't read through this document, you know, a hundred times to try and get it fluently or done loads of editing or anything, so. The mistakes you hear on my speaking there and the voice, I do apologise. It may not be as clean read as what you may like or you may be used to with audiobooks, but um, that's just sort of off the cuff reading it to you straight away. And I just hope it's been of some insight showing you the statistics and if just something about it all. I mean, that is the reason why I'm behind it. Because of the things there, people thinking that, we're not in the right place at the moment to push this forward and, you know, that us as individuals aren't enough to affect the future. And I just don't think that's right. And I don't know. I mean, how do you feel? I mean, think think now about everything you're using, whether you're a home user or whether you're a trade user. What, what stuff do you have, equipment, that's probably, let's face it, to what, how many times you change the car on it or... It takes about six pulls to start because, you know, it's just on its way out. And you're probably still thinking of a fuel variant. Don't. Like, obviously, you've got to do what suits your business, suits your budget. And you've got to, as bad, you know, I say as bad as it is, you've got to put you first. I understand that. You need to make the living, you know, your money might, money situation might be totally different. But remember, you don't need to go in there with... Ego, Husqvarna, still, Makita, whoever it may be, and buy, you know, two grand's worth of items. Start with one. Like, we've, we've talked about this before, just literally, and even if you're a home user and you've used whatever your whole life, start with one. And what I found with all the battery sort of equipment that I've used is all of it is suitable for domestic use, right? Even ones that I haven't liked have been sub- still absolutely great for domestic use it's only when it comes into this trade trade world where we start going ah but there's this but there's that this switch is in the wrong place this one's a bit heavy you know where we're a lot more picky with it because we're using it for them longer periods of time and if you ask me through all the ones that i've tried i've found a tool in every sort of um every sort of part every column of where you might be working so hedge trimming brush cutting, lawn mowing, whatever it might be, I've found a battery alternative that I really like, that's usable, that's great, that's fantastic. So many people talk about it all. You know, all you need to do is look on Instagram. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to open up my Instagram. I'm going to see who's using battery tools. First one, FGM underscore F20. Right, FGM is fortnightly garden services. He was a greenkeeper for many years. He's got every tool under the sun and he's got many of them at the same time. You know, he uses them. Scanning down there. So I've got next one is Excelsis Gardens, right? As anyone knows, great work. He does a lot of shrubbery, hedge trimming, things like that. 
and you know he's got I think all battery power tools and um, obviously hand tools so he's another one looking there Gordon Longhair guy he's known for using the cylinder mower that is electronic the swordman you know going down there ML Gordon, Gordon maintenance just came past his post here 19 hours ago and it's him sorting out some shrubs uh, and a hedge at the front of the house in there and he's got the ego let me have a look there he's got the ego strimmer hedge trimmer and blower all together you know three different areas there blowing trimming and strimming he's got them all next one down Alan Moore's picture right their picture their liberty what I'm getting at is all it takes you to do is start swiping through Instagram to see how many of these professional people are using battery products and how it's working absolutely like fantastically, you know, and um, that's really what this is about. It's about pushing it across. It's about making people aware and about people knowing that, you know, regardless which direction you go or with which company, I mean, as, as much more, your change, your decision, your actions here count towards the bigger picture. 100% it counts. So regardless who you go for, just go for someone and try it in in one area to make this difference. And that's what Challenge 2025 is about. Nowhere in that report are they saying, if you use an ego product, you will get a better blah, blah, blah. Ego this, ego that. They're not. They've done a, comp they've done a comprehensive report across all this information, and they've tested battery as a whole against petrol as a whole, or two-stroke, whatever it might be, a fuel alternative. Challenge 2025 is about getting our field in a better in a better place you know in a better a cleaner quieter more respectable place where we're not hearing roaring engines everywhere and we're not getting white finger still one day we're going to look back and white finger is going to be a thing of the past but anyone that has had it or anything close to having it you know it's I don't know if I I do have some form of it from using machines my whole life, but I've definitely got something on where I, you know I use machinery for too long periods of time, especially prior, and I really feel it like something that vibrates a lot. It's only now really with all the battery powered machines that I do have where I don't have that problem. You know I get bad backs and everything, and you know the battery power tools just they being that bit lighter has made such a difference. So if you do even struggle with any, you know you might love petal through and through but if you're you know in pieces then you need to start looking at these alternatives and you know choose someone and go from there anyway so i just want to thank you for sort of holding in and just bearing with me on that episode it's something that i think we should all be listening to and like i say and i can't push it enough if anyone wants more of that report let me see if i can quickly say the headings so there's a call for change that's in there. That's a really interesting read. There is uh, the emissions testing. So what would make this more and more, you know, from what I said at the very end about all the testing, there's a whole, the reason why I never read it is that there's that many graphs and tables on it that it would have been confusing to try and get across to you. But there's a, a complete emission testing page. What is page number, page number 13, I believe it is. And it's it's got everything. It's the CO mass converter to J forward slash KM. It's the um, NOX mass air mass converter to the same again across leaf blowers. Um, it's showing you what 
in terms of like a Ford Fiesta is compared to like it's just all the information there and it makes sense in tables as soon as you look at it but for me to put it across it wouldn't do um yeah it's basically all the emission ones really really important stuff as well uh but you'd see so basically pages 11 12 13 14 are the ones that i missed out there so i read one to 10 and the the summary there of the methodology for you so if you are interested send me a dm on instagram or Give me an email on jrocklc at gmail.com. That's jrocklc at gmail.com. And I'll just ping you the document over straight away. Loads of pictures in there, loads of information. And if you are genuinely interested, then it is a fantastic read if you wanted to go through it once again. But I just wanted to give them people that don't have a chance to sit down and, and read for ages or may not like reading for ages you know, a chance to listen in some of the data. And if it's grabbed your attention at all, then to use that to, like, you, you know, make your own change or make your own decision. And it, it really, just remember that quote I said earlier on about Albert Einstein. Imagination is everything. It is a preview of life's coming attractions. And it's just, what starts up there, you know, ends up happening. Whether it's an, a success for your business in the direction that you want to go, or whether it's something that you're going to change or just, you know, something you want to implement, something that you're thinking about that you're fond of, that's where it starts. It starts in the imagination, and it's a preview of your future. So thank you for joining me, everyone. I hope you have an amazing Saturday, weekend. It's got to be better than the weather we've had in the last few days. It's been pouring down, but it's always not nice. But I'm telling you, all the leaves, lawns, and shrubbery really need it because it's been so dry over the last few weeks. But you take care. I look forward to seeing you again in the next episode. Please, if you can, one thing for me, if you can share this podcast across anywhere where you are, if you're on Instagram stories, if you share it anywhere, then just tag me in and I'll reshare it again. Um, I'll give you a shout out, whatever else. But if you're on Facebook, Instagram, you know, you're on YouTube channels and you, you listen to this while you're working, then please give it a share. It would be much appreciated. Anyway, take care, everyone, and see you next week.